praise god you you're so glad that god gives us he give us uh, uh each day you know as a gift and um it's very very important that we are thankful to god for each day that god gives us and one more sunday he has given to us uh, so that we could worship we want to thank god for the communion reminding us uh, every uh, month uh, that uh, the great sacrifice that jesus did for all of us and this morning let's look to god in prayer father we are so thankful to you that you give us each day as a gift each moment each second is a gift from you and we want to thank you for this gift we thank you for giving us the privilege of taking part in the holy communion father minister to us speak to us build us and make this time a blessing to us hide me behind the cross and you speak in jesus name we pray amen the evidence of the life of god the evidence of the life of god you know last week we saw how john the baptizer uh, was offering the life of god's kingdom he was offering it to the publicans to the sadducees to the pharisees to the evil people to soldiers and to all those who came he said this is offered to you the life of god the kingdom of god and then i said at the end how paul was taking us to the fullness of life the fullness of life in god that how the holy spirit wants to lead us you understand it's a great work of god for in you and me you know be we are sinners depraved there's no goodness in us his mercy has redeemed us and then the holy spirit begins to work in us and wants to take us to the fullness of god's life and uh, jesus said he that believeth on me out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water okay the life of god jesus said will begin to flow into and through the person who believes in jesus and the bible tells us in second peter chapter 1 verses 5 to 9 if you have your bibles please turn second peter chapter 1 verses 5 to 9 i read to you for this very reason make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self control and to self control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness mutual affection and to mutual affection love for if you possess these qualities in increasing measure they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our lord and savior jesus christ but whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins and uh, how he starts this chapter 2 verse 2 uh, 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 peter chapter 1 simon peter born servant and apostle of jesus christ to those who obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of god our lord and savior jesus christ 
grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us by his glory and virtue by which you have been given to this to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And then he says, and for this reason. My dear brother, my dear sister, you and I are promised that the divine power of God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. All things that pertain to life and godliness God has already given to you and me. It is up to you and me how we are going to respond to this life that God is offering to us. And here Peter is saying to your faith, that is the simple faith that God has placed inside you and me. Okay, we can say uh, faith of Abraham, how he left everything and came believing in Jesus. You and I have the same faith in us. And to this faith he says add goodness. The goodness of Moses, the goodness that Moses showed to his people and to the goodness knowledge, knowledge of Stephen the martyr, how he had the knowledge of God's word and to the knowledge, self-control, self-control of Joseph, how he was able to live that morally clean life and to the self-control of Joseph and the perseverance, perseverance of Job who persevered in the midst of trial. And to the perseverance of Job and the godliness, the godliness of Daniel. And to the godliness had mutual affection, that is the mutual affection of David and Jonathan. And to this mutual affection had love, love of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So our life is not just being born again, baptized, spirit filled attending church, but our life is moving towards a particular goal. You know, when in this world we can hear a lot of sermons on facing challenges, how we can win in a competitive world, how we can be winners, how we can achieve. And let me tell you, this is thrilling people. And there are more people watching those talks or messages or speeches uh, than the character formation teaching that is given by some of the scholars who explain the word of God. There would be hardly about 2,000 to 3,000 to 4,000 people who have watched for the last 10-15 years the excellent teaching whereas for the things on motivation and things on how to face challenges and difficulties you will be able to see at least about 2.5 million people who have watched it. So it shows where our heart is lying. But here, whereas here, the Bible tells us God wants us to form. Yes, we need to be, we, we need to be winners. We need to achieve. We want to move ahead. It is important. I don't say no. But then that is not the main thing that God has kept you and me here for. God has kept you and me here, not just how to overcome challenges and be competitive in the world, but for character formation. 
character formation. He wants to form the character of God. And the Bible tells us that all that pertains to life and godliness is divine power has given us through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. An important question that you and I have to answer to our own self is, what is the effort I'm placing in my life? Or what is the effort I'm taking? Or what is the importance I'm giving to for character formation, the character of God to form in our life? It is not that we uh, the character gets formed and then we say, I've achieved, I've reached there. No. It is not that. And in my Christian walk, I have experienced the more I begin to read the word, so much more I realize what a depraved sinner I am. I realize how much more the life of God is lacking in me. And it is important that you and I move towards uh, uh, what God wants us to move. Yield ourselves towards that. And through the cross, God is saying, my son, my daughter, the character that I, planned, that I planned for you, I can begin to form in you. But you and I have to come to him for that character formation. Some of the traits uh, that the evidence of God's life is, is in us, I just wanted to leave with you. And if any of these traits are not there, don't feel discouraged. If it is there, feel encouraged to go after it more and more. If it is not there, don't be discouraged. Just tell the Lord, Lord, I want you to form this inside me. And God in his mercy will definitely grant that to you. The first one, is there a passion for holiness? You know, holiness, today people can equate and say, you remove this, you don't do this, you don't do that. It's not the question of doing this or no, doing that or removing this or wearing that. It is the condition of the heart, a longing for God's holiness to be formed inside me, a depraved sinner, an evil person, where John the baptizer said, I am offering you the life of God's kingdom. He was offering to those evil people. And same thing is offered to you and me. And when this life is given to you and me, now, what is my response? Am I having a hunger for more of God's life inside me? Is there a passion for purity? 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 16, the Bible tells us, Peter said, Therefore, be holy. You know, if you read the whole uh, chapter from the beginning, you will understand. So he said, be holy for I am holy. And this is the primary desire a Christian should have, a, a, a born-again Christian should have, to be transformed into the likeness of Jesus. Holy is a, holiness is not a condition that we can achieve in this world, but it's a transformation that God continuously brings inside us. We move. And Jesus said, you know, in the book of Revelation, the voice said, the voice of God said, he that is holy, let him be holy still. It is not that we achieve it and be there, but God is saying move towards, uh, move towards. James chapter 1 and verse 13. James said, when tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. And he went on to say, we are tempted when we are drawn away by our own lust and enticed. 
and you don't find evil from outside coming inside me but it is jesus said out of the heart of humans my heart produces all types of evil you understand outside it is there but for a born again christian the condition of the heart is very very important for me and you the condition of that what is my response out of my heart proceed all types of evil jesus said in mark chapter 7 and verse 21 out of the heart of men proceed all types of evil it's important to for us to check and see what is my heart longing for out of my heart what is proceeding what is proceeding outside things are available but what is proceeding from my heart what is my response to the condition or to the temptation that comes from outside that's very very important in case there is no longing and a passion for purity it is important we ask god's holy spirit lord plant that inside me it's a battle it's a struggle it's a it's a horrible struggle it's a painful struggle uh, but thank god it's not a lonely struggle it's not a lonely struggle it is a it's a, it's a it's a life that god gives inside of us through the power of his holy spirit and the bible is very clear in second corinthians 5:21 god made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of god so that in christ i am accepted fine but the righteousness of god will begin to continue to flow inside our lives and the bible tells us in isaiah chapter 53 and verse 5 we have seen the scripture 5 and 6 6 is very very precious but he was pierced for our transgressions 5 i read he was crushed for our iniquities the punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds we are healed healed of all the things that sin brings into our lives and then in verse 6 he goes on to say we all like sheep have gone astray each one has turned to our own way he's talking isaiah is talking to god's people he was not talking to the gentiles he's speaking to god's people and each one has turned to their own way and the lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all not just the transgressions and sins but even the iniquities the bible says is laid upon him so my dear brother my dear sister may god's love as we have taken part in this holy communion revealing god's love for you and me may that love of god compel you and me to seek for his holiness to fill our lives and as we move forward with this hunger and thirst the spirit of god will begin to work in us and uh, i like to read to you if you have your bibles please turn to hebrews chapter 13 verse 20 and 21 the life of god is available hebrews 13 20 and 21 the benediction the final exhortation and the farewell message in this chapter 20 and 21 now the spirit of god is saying now may the god of peace who brought up from our 
brought up from uh, brought up our lord jesus from the dead that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant make you complete in every good work to do his will working in you what is well pleasing in his sight through jesus christ to whom be glory for ever and ever the work of sanctification continuous sanctification paul is saying that is offered and god is willing to do that inside you and me if you and i want that i told you i, I don't know whether you remember many years ago i saw an advertisement that always comes to my mind uh, raymond suiting if you have the inclination we have the style if you have the inclination to dress stylishly okay we have the product to give you that's what the advertisement says so uh, that has always captured my mind I always think of in my spiritual life if i have the inclination towards what god has kept for me god will definitely do that he will do that and that also does not come from me you understand because my my, my i'm a depraved person it has to be generated by god's holy spirit that's what hebrews is saying and may he make you complete may the god of peace make you complete in every good work to do his will and working in you what is well pleasing in his sight work of god may god help you and me to long for that life if it is not there if this evidence of god's life is not there it's important we ask him the second one is humility humility and um James chapter 4 and verse 6 tells us very clearly he gives grace to the humble he gives grace to the humble and uh, in genesis uh, 11 verses 1 to 6 we all know how the people all got together they want to build a huge tower reaching up to the heavens and uh, one of the things sentences they discussed or they spoke about is we make a name for ourselves we make a we make a name for ourselves our self is the one which wants to overcome overcome all the grace that god wants to supply us our pride and god tells us very clearly by when you are, when you and i humble ourselves and come to god the grace is poured into our life today we find pride arrogance at its height in the world you know uh, people speak about i me myself and if you and i have no desire to be humble in this world let me tell you we will be only causing confusions we will be causing confusions and wherever there is pride and arrogance there is utter destruction in this world utter destruction in this world it is not i am humble if i think i am humble that means i am proud okay lord continues to continue to work in me through your spirit it's moment to moment dying to self i comes there my name comes there my fame is there my way how can i give up if i say sorry the other person will begin to take advantage 
I remember when I was a trainee uh, in in the Taj Kormal Hotel, I had a problem with the assistant manager, and um, I was a new Christian. I lost my cool, and uh, next day, uh, no, he also lost his cool. It uh, it was I I am in the kitchen and he is in the restaurant side. We had a verbal uh, argument, and next day I felt that evening that night I felt convicted being a new Christian. So next day I went and told him I'm sorry for what happened. You know what he said? Better be sorry. <laughs> Better be sorry. <laughs> you understand? That's how the world is. So some people say, to get these words, should I say sorry? You understand? This is the world we are living in. Character formation, humility is one of that. In Second Chronicles chapter twenty-six, verses eighteen to twenty-one, you find King Uzziah. He was a godly king for most of his life. And um, he takes incense to burn before the lawn. The priest, Azariah and others come and tells him, what you have done is wrong. You should not have done it. And the Bible says that Uzziah had censer in his hand ready to burn incense, became angry. Because he was a king, he became angry while he was raging at the priest in their presence before the incense altar in the Lord's temple. Leprosy broke out on his forehead. He thought, who are you to tell me? I am the king. I can do what I want. I will do it. He was angry. He was raging within him. And the Bible says in Second Chronicles chapter 26, read through and see from 16 to 18 to 21. The Bible says immediately the leprosy broke out on his forehead. And we continuously read, we find until his death, he, he was a leper. Who? A king. Why? Because he was proud. He resisted correction. And he was had to suffer the shame of this pain and Paul a man whom God revealed great things taught great things had such a close experience with Jesus with God's Holy Spirit he tells in Ephesians 3 8 unto me who am less than the least of all the saints look at the way he writes unto me who am less than the least of all the saints Unto me is this grace given that I may preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. So look at the comparison. I am the less than the least of all the saints. To me is this grace given. Why? That I may preach and teach the people the unsearchable riches of Christ. What an amazing work of God's Holy Spirit and a man who was proud about his learning, about his tribe, about his background. God begins to change him, break him. And he says, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. And 2 Corinthians 4, 7, the Bible tells us, we all have this great treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power will be belonging to God, not of me, not of men. The excellency of the power belongs to God. 
and not of men. May God help you and me. Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. It say he's, uh, uh, Micah was crying out, preaching. He said, he has shown you, a mortal man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. It is not we are humble before people. It is a walk with God, remember. Humble walk with God. A humble walk with God is more worthy than a, pry, prow, a, pry, a proud life outside God. May God work you in, in you and me. The third one is, if the life of God, the evidence of the life of God is a life that will be conscious of jealousy that arises in our heart from time to time. One big missionary uh, organization founder said, no matter whatever we preach, whatever ministry we do, when we hear the other missions are prospering, we get tickled. <laughs> huh? He confessed. You know, I'm very happy he said that. You know, we get tickled when we know the other missionary organizations are doing better or doing well. They're having more mission stations, more missionaries are raised, more money is raised. At the end of the day, we get tickled. This jealousy is part of human nature. And we cannot allow that to be in us and rule us forever. But thank God that the Spirit of God is so powerful that He can work on this evil and begin to transform us. Make us conscious of this huge weakness. The Bible says in Proverbs 27 and verse 4, Anger is cruel and fury overwhelming. But who can stand before jealousy? You know, for example, I have Nehemiah or Akash, one of you, or anybody. I come, I get angry with you. I shout at you. Okay, So you know that I'm shouting, I'm angry. But instead, I hug you. And say, I'm, you know, hi, brother, how are you? But behind, I'm having a dagger. Jealousy. Huh? You cannot stand. You can stand my anger. You can stand my fury. But you can never stand my dagger. That's what the Bible says. But who is able to stand before jealousy? That's the power of jealousy. And um, the Bible taught me from God's word, I think I've shared with you before, I'd like to share this again for, for the benefit of others, Deuteronomy 2, 1 to 7. Uh, if you have your Bibles, uh, uh, take that please. Then we turned back and set out toward the wilderness along the route to Red Sea. Moses is writing this, recollection of the uh, journey that they all went through. As the Lord had directed me, for a long time we made our way around the hill country of Seir. Then the Lord said to me, you have made your way around this hill country long enough. Now turn north. Give the people these orders. God is telling Moses to tell his own people, give these orders. He says, you are about to pass through the territory of your relatives, the descendant of Esau who live in Mount Seir. 
they will be afraid of you and be but be very careful do not provoke them to war for i will not give you any of the land not even enough to put your foot on have given esau the hill country of seir as his own you are to pay for them in silver for the food you eat and water you drink the lord your god has blessed you in all the work of your hands he has washed over your journey through this vast wilderness these 40 years the lord your god has given been with you and you have not lacked anything and one day i was struggling with this jealous thoughts it was a massive uh, struggle you know i'm unable to go into the details it was a massive struggle and all that i had was my bible i took the bible went into god's presence i said lord this thought is tormenting me okay i'm not able to get over this and i began to pray and ask god lord minister to me speak to me something very strong about jealousy and god brought this passage to me and i began to read and the spirit of god began to minister to me as i read meditating god began to speak to me prem i gave israel a promise of a promised land a land flowing with milk and honey okay now they are going through another land mount seir long to esau their brothers descendant i have given them that land i have given them that's what i i have given them but for you i promise a land flowing with milk and to the people of israel now if they set their eyes on this what i have given to them what the israelites will miss the land flowing with milk and honey you understand the spirit of god began to teach me you set on what i have for you don't set your mind on what i do for others you understand that is what i have given i am a merciful god i am a kind god i am a god who is generous i want to give but for you it's a land flowing with milk and honey and look back all these years i've taken care you look forward move ahead don't look this side and that side i'll tell you it was a big teaching a big cleansing that god did in my heart and i'm not saying i'm perfect okay whenever this challenge of jealousy comes this scripture comes to me this scripture comes to me i want to give you one more later on also the spirit of god began to you know uh, teach me as i was meditating in john chapter 21 verses 17 onwards john chapter 21 verse 17 it's a very funny story the third time he said to me you know i i want to cut it short third time he said to me simon son of john do you love me said to him peter was hurt because jesus asked him the third time do you love me he said lord you know all things you know that i love you jesus said feed my sheep very truly i tell you when you were younger you dressed yourself and went where you wanted but when you are old you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go you know uh you know the story the background of the story uh jesus is asking three times peter do you love me peter answers and then jesus tells peter something very very important he said peter you're going to have a death you know you're going to have a death and you know how it's going to be very bad jesus said the 19 said this to indicate the kind of death by which peter will go through and uh, 
Peter, after hearing this, he goes. Jesus says, you follow me. And then suddenly Peter turns. And you know who he sees? John. So Peter got tickled. Lord, you're telling me death. Here one man is coming. Lord, what about him? <laughs> you know? Peter is like, maybe not like you, maybe like me. Huh? Peter got tickled. Lord, you're telling me I'm following you and you're telling me death for me. What about that fellow? He's faring far, he's far behind. And you know what Jesus answers? Look, verse 21. Lord, what about him? 21, 22. Jesus, if I want him to remain alive until I die, what is that to you? You follow me. This reveals, I feel, every one of us. We are always bothered about what is happening elsewhere. Not always, sometimes. It happens. God is saying, Peter, for you, death. But for him, life. But you follow me. You understand? May God help you and me to follow him. Never allow to set our eyes on Mount Seir. We will always set the, our eyes on the place where it flows with milk and honey which God has promised. It may take a time. It may have a battle to achieve it. It may be a struggle. But it is there for you and me. May God help you and me. The evidence of the life of God. The fourth one I wanted to share with you. Something very simple. Keeping our word trustworthy. Keeping our word. Most of the politicians promise a lot of things and they do not keep it up. You know, God wants us to the people of our word. When God created the world, he said, let there be light and he created light out of that word. You understand? There was power in his word and there was there was honesty in his word. He said and it came into being. And the Bible tells us that always he has promised and he said, he has, you know the scripture which says he has glorified his word more than his name. What is the, na what is the use of saying God is holy, God is glory, God is glorious, God is powerful if he is unable to keep his word? You understand? So he glorifies his word more than his name. That is the character of God. And you and I as followers of the character of God, he wants us to be that. And the psalmist told, uh, tells us in Psalm 15, it's a psalm of David. He says in verse 15, Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He that walketh uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. He that backbiteth not with his tongue nor doeth evil to his neighbor nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor. The second verse, it says, he that walketh uprightly. And then verse 4, in whose eyes a vile, verse 4, in whose eyes a vile person is condemned but he honoreth them that fear the Lord. He that sweareth to his own hurt 
and changes not. Can one of you read from NIV please? Psalm 15 verse 4. He that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. God is looking into the words of our mouth. What we say, what we do. Can you do that please? Read please. Even when it's hurt, keeps an oath even when it's hurt. Even if it, when it hurts. May God help you and me. Integrity is required for trust. If people can't trust our word, they won't trust us. And trust is necessary for influence. I've taken this from somewhere. And trust is necessary for influence. People choose chose those they influence them and this is based largely on trust and influence is essential for impact you understand integrity is required for trust trust is necessary for influence and influence is essential for impact as Christians as followers of Christ may God help you and me you know in Exodus chapter 13 and verse 19 there was there is one small line that is introduced to show the integrity of Moses or the people. When Joseph was dying, he said, You bury me, but when you're leaving, taking me from Egypt to the promised land, you take my bones also and go. You understand? He tells them, Take my bones also and go. And he takes a promise from his people. And from for generations it's been passed on this message. This is what our forefathers said. This is what our forefathers said. And suddenly one night there's death. And Moses, let's leave. And they're all packing everything and leaving. And as they're doing it in Exodus 13, 9, the Bible tells us, and Moses took the bones of Joseph with him. For he had straightly sworn the children of Israel saying God will surely visit you and he shall carry my bones away hence with you. The people of Israel gave a word. Moses had known that and Moses a leader in spite of all that he says no I gave a word I will do it and he did it. May God help you and me. Help you and me to be people who can be trusted with our word. We give a word to do something, give a word to, uh, to, to, to help someone. May God help you and me to do it. And finally, I'm sorry, uh, just uh, the second last one is God is choosing to see whether gracious words are proceeding from our mouth. You know, gracious words. Today the world is filled with anger. Everyone is in a hurry. Everyone is wanting to do their own thing. And very difficult in this world to receive gracious words. And the Bible says in Ex uh, Ephesians 4.29, Paul is writing, it's like I feel Ephesians is like a second sermon on the mount. You know, And here in 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Out and out, 
these words are for the benefit of others to bless others to encourage others in the home in the family between husband and wife parents and children and our children are watching and they will learn some of the things you know i really regret as a 63 year old man i really regret for the way i've spoken when i was uh, bringing up my children if you are young please work that out let gracious words come out of uh, of your mouth if the life of god is there then that should happen and people are constantly hearing bad news hurtful words arrogance is a style now and proverbs 15 for the wise man said wholesome tongue is a tree of life is a tree of life but pers- perverseness therein is a breach in the spirit and luke chapter 420 the bible talks about jesus that people were amazed at the gracious words that proceeded from the mouth of god if you and i are stuck with god may the life of god may the life of jesus flow into you and me gracious words helpful words will really help us and paul writing in colossians he said let your conversation be always full of grace wow isn't it a challenge is it a challenge or not tell me oh maybe all gracious words are coming out of your mouth huh it is a challenge right full of grace that's what he writes full of grace and i remember i told you um i like to tell again i remember meeting a police officer i was only about 23 24 years old i was working in a government college as a cookery lecturer uh, assistant lecturer and then i had got we were having a sports meet and we wanted to use the facilities in um, in uh, youth center in nurpatangar road opposite to martha hospital next to the bank so i had gone and approached there so i went and approached the office 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 said you have to meet the director and uh, i went to the director's office board his name was there and ips you know i was really scared i was only 24 i don't know how to talk to him i went inside i was really very frightened i went inside to meet him and there was a bulky man with a big mustache you know i xips of sitting there and the sight made me more afraid but as i went he said please come in i felt a little relaxed please sit down i said wow i sat down you know what yes tell me sir what can i do for you i was so shocked and then i told him what i want he called up each department on the intercom and he wished each one who took the phone that side he is a director ips officer wishing each one taking the phone the other side he said i am so and so sp- i'm sure they would hear his voice they would know but he is introducing himself and said this young man has come he wanted all these facilities are these dates available for this that and he made me so comfortable he said please go and meet them i you know i've already briefed them they will help you and he sent me and as he was leaving i thought lord at least 10% of what this man has got you know i should develop in my life you understand gracious words he was so gracious he was speaking he was not a believer you understand he was not a 
believer. And that, when I was 23, impacted my mind so much. And uh, it really helped me. Gracious words. Finally, God wants us to have a servant heart. Are we having this nature, the servant heart to serve? We have come to serve. Jesus said, I've come not to be served, but to serve and to give my lands, a life a ransom for many. When he said many, it is not just AGAG community. It is not the AG, uh, uh, Assemblies of God. It's not the church at large, the universal church at large, but the evil, depraved world. He came to give his life for all. And John chapter 13 talks about the washing of the feet of disciples. You know, it's a very, um, very profound action that Jesus did, something which has really impacted people, it impacts you and me. But there's something which is very, very touching. And uh, the John writes so beautifully, Jesus, verse 3, John 13, verse 3, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand and that he had come from God and was going to God. Uh, Paul, uh, John is writing about the stature of Jesus or the Jesus' status at that time. He had, God has put all things under his feet. He was coming from God and going, into, uh, going to God. He rose from supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. He never told the disciples, you come pour water, come get the towel. He did everything. And then he begins to wash. And uh, it's amazing how God revealed his simplicity in Jesus. A servant heart. He came to serve. He was not a boss. He came to serve. And God wants us to have this service heart. A heart to serve. And um, God is watching that. Are we serving? Serving the people who don't deserve service. It's very difficult. Very difficult. Very painful, very difficult. But God is testing you and me. Every now and then, where is our heart? Are we the thinking we are the boss of your servant? We want to be either Christ, like Christ, or we want to be like Herod, okay, the king. And um, there was a time when D.L. Moody, he was a very famous, world-famous evangelist, and um, he was having a large group of European pastors coming to America for some meeting. A large group of people. And they were all put up in a hotel. And in Europe, they had a practice at that time that when they leave the shoes outside the room and go, the room boys who go around, they see, they take it, they polish it and bring it back and leave. Okay. And... Uh, D.L. Moody went in the morning. He was the host. He went in the morning to see. He was a world-famous evangelist. He went around to see. And he saw all the shoes. 
So he went back, called some of the trainees and uh, made them to stand. He said, see, these are the shoes that's lined up there. Can you please gather and polish it? And there was silence. They thought, why should we? We are all going to be preachers in the future. Why should we clean these shoes? And uh, Moody got the message. Aha, these people are not willing to. He said, okay, go. No problem. And later, after these people left, he went, gathered the shoes. He polished it. And as he was polishing, somebody walked into the room to see what D.L. Moody was doing. And D.L. Moody brushed it aside and, you know, he was doing the work. And he went and left the whole thing in there, uh, in front of the rooms. And later, D.L. Moody never said anything to anyone that he did it. But the man who saw that by chance, he spread it around, saying that what a great work that D.L. Moody did. He was a world-famous evangelist willing to polish the shoes of his guest there. And uh, the Bible says God is a just God and he will see the work of our hands. He sees what we do. He sees our heart. Is there a servant heart inside us? Do we want the change, the transformation in our life? Is this life of God inside you and me? You and I can check and see. Are we moving towards the fullness of life that God has kept for you and me? Holiness. Is there a passion for holiness? Humility. Are we willing to humble ourselves? A life that battles jealousy. Are we just allowing jealousy to lie there dormant in our hearts? Are we keeping our word? Does gracious words come out of our mouth? Do we have a servant heart? Are we willing to serve? The fullness, the evidence of God's life. These are just few. There are many more. Like just a few basic ones. And I'm sure as we yield ourselves to these words of God's precious book, I'm sure God will begin to work and bring a transformation in our life. Let's look to God in prayer.